What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is, nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is, the name of What a beautiful name, what a beautiful name it is. The name. Oh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Just give him glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah for your name. Thank you, Jesus. The name that is above every other name. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, amen, everyone. It's good to be here this morning. It's good to see you all. Let's give her a hand clap unto the Lord this morning. It's good to see you. Go ahead and be seated for just a few minutes. To all of our our guests, friends, our family members that are here today. I'd like to welcome you and to everyone, if no one said it yet, Merry Christmas. Doesn't that feel good? Doesn't it feel good to just be able to say Merry Christmas? Puts a smile on your face. And now I'm thinking I got to cook when I get home, so let me, let me hurry on up. Let me, let me get on in here. And so... The theme for this year has been Behold. You heard last week Daniel Caulfield from Global Grace talk about the importance of the work that we're doing and they're doing in India and the support that we're providing and how important it is for us to to pay attention, to be alert. But this idea, this concept, this theme came from Luke chapter number two, the traditional Christmas story. And starting in verse number one, we find that it says, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that they, that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. During this time of year, we often read this story and we, 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 we reflect on how uh, the, the birth of Jesus went and it's a beautiful, wonderful time. As I already said, the, the, the ability just to say Merry Christmas, uh, it puts a little joy in my heart and a smile on my face because this is truly a wonderful time. 
I've had the opportunity to come and visit some of you, and some of you have come and visited me, and we've just been able to have such a great time and begin to see, you know, how wonderfully decorated things are and how beautiful things are, you know. Um, the stores are now all nice and shiny and wonderful and welcoming, and we've got our ornaments up and our decorations up, and we've got trees up here in the church and our homes and, and things, and, and lights are strung, and, and, and this is wonderful. And one of the things I was thinking the other day is, um, as I, when I was a kid, one of the things we would do during this time of year is we would all pile in the station wagon that had the, the back window that would roll down. Anybody remember those? You know, the back window, you would roll it on down. And so we'd get in the back and, and mom would take us around and drive us through the neighborhoods and we would just marvel at the lights. Anybody ever used to do that? Anybody try that recently? You're just looking at people's bare front yards. That's what we're doing nowadays. Like, and so if y'all know of anybody, any neighborhoods that I can go into and I can drag Sarah along, please let me know because that's what we're going to do. But this is a wonderful time of year. It's a beautiful time full of wonder and excitement. So I've told you a few weeks ago that we have now two small children in our house. And it's been quite the adjustment for me. But this week, Sarah started wrapping all the presents, and she put them under the tree, and they came in one day, and my little four-year-old niece is wonderful and beautiful. And I could hear her, I was upstairs, I could hear her just like shrieking, very loudly, very, very loudly. And so I said, well, I guess I'm going to stay upstairs today. That's what I'm going to do. So I eventually went downstairs, and I was greeted by my beautiful, wonderful niece. Uncle Stefan's coming, Uncle Stefan's coming. And it's been wonderful. And so she goes and she grabs my hand. And I'm like, what's baby, what do, what do you want? I'm like, what's going on? How can I help you? What's, what's happening? And she goes, Uncle Stefan, there's presents in there. With the biggest eyes, there's presents in there. And I said, presents where? <laughs> there ain't no presents in there. And she goes, let me show you. And so my little, wonderful, beautiful, fantastic, gorgeous, smart, brilliant four-year-old niece is dragging me around my own house. <laughs> and she's pulling me, and I'm doing the thing that every good uncle does. I say, she's like, look over there, and I look the opposite direction. I say, there's nothing over there. She's like, no, over here. And she goes, and she immediately picks up a present. While, grandma, uh, while, while, while Aunt Sarah's like, please don't touch that baby, please don't. Please don't, put it, put it on down, baby, put it on down. But there's so much excitement, and so much wonder, and so much beauty that is wrapped up in this time of year. There are some of you that are looking around and saying, okay, he's got 22 more minutes, and I'm out. I got stuff to do. Because there's so much going on. We're, we're, we're in Christmas Eve. We woke up this morning and Sarah was like, can you believe it's Christmas Eve? I said, really? <laughs> Are you sure? There's so much going on in this time of year. But one of the things I want us to do is I want us to think about what Luke chapter 2 is really saying. We find that in Luke chapter number 2, 
It's the story of the birth of Jesus. Jesus lying in a manger, his parents in a stable because there's no room for him in the inn. And if you drive past, you know, libraries or churches or whatever, you get this beautiful, wonderful scene, this nativity scene. It's a beautiful manger with these wise men, a mom holding a beautiful glowing baby, a proud dad. It's wonderful and exciting. But if you dig a little deeper and you spend a little bit more time with this, I would beg to differ with the image that we often get of this birth of Jesus. You see, we find that it says that Mary and Joseph had to travel from their home to their, the place of their family lineage. And I don't know about you, but when somebody's like, Stefan, hey, let's take a trip, I ask, how long will we be in the car? Sarah's like, hey, let's just go. And I say, listen, you've got like a 30-mile radius. You can go anywhere you want in 30 miles. Because after that, my hips be hurting, my shoulders be hurting, my knees be hurting. On a plane ride, you've got me two hours before I'm telling somebody, get me up out of here. Mary and Joseph had to travel four to five days. They don't have the modern luxuries like air conditioning and XM radio. Thank you very much. They're experiencing the elements night and day. And Brother Carl, on my best of days, I don't like to be stuck and confined, to be jostled, to be shaken. Now, I've never experienced this, but I can imagine there's some mothers in here that in their moment of pregnancy could agree with me. Can somebody say amen? Can you imagine having to travel by animal or by feet four to five days while being pregnant? Does that sound like an enjoyable experience for you? Does that sound like, sign me up today? It is Christmas time, the most wonderful time of the year. Let's go. Absolutely not. And can you imagine finally arriving after having to experience this journey, having finally arrived to your destination, went to sign in to the, to the local inn, which is a, a publicly known place. Everybody knows about this place. It's not a secret. And so they're ready. They're, they're, they're getting there. And they're like, okay, we're here. Uh, it's under Mary and Joseph. Um, and, and we're ready to go. And them saying, hey, y'all, I'm sorry. You're too late. We had to give away your reservation. Y'all took too long. There is no place for you. We don't have a spot. I can promise you, if this is Sarah and I, there will be some marital counseling that is about to go down. It's about to be some counseling that's about to go down to work through this issue. If the planning was up to me, and we got to our destination, and that is how the response we get, it is about to go down. Y'all pray for me. 
Listen, I would put out a Facebook. I've never Facebook live. I would learn how to put out a prayer request that day. Can you imagine the frustration? And for them to offer something so undignified as a place that is built to store animals. Not only that, but the Bible says that around this time, it came time for her to be delivered. I like how the King James phrases it. The other ones are like, it became time for her to give birth, for her to have the child. But King James would say, it's time for deliverance for her, for her to be delivered. It's not in the most ideal situation, not in the most glorious of settings. She gave birth in the midst of the wild. It says, took straps and strips of cloth, wrapped him up, and laid him in a place that feeds animals. This is what the Christmas story looks like. This is what the Christmas story looks like. And I love to dramatize it's a wonderful world, a wonderful life version where everything is nice and beautiful because that's, that's easy and we can get behind that. But when we dig a little deeper and we look at it, we see that it's not as pretty. It's not as wonderful. It's not as, as, as picturesque as we like to see it. As I woke up this morning, I woke up early, and as I was reading the Christmas story for myself, I began to think about, like, how, I, I don't know about you, but, like, for me, if I was in the place of this person, this, 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 this owner or concierge of this, this inn, this motel, hotel, whatever it is, and I said, this is all I have to offer you, this is the best I have for you. And I offered them a place that, that I had to feed my cows and I had to, to feed my sheep and I had to feed all of these animals and, and this is the best I had and then I found out that this was the Messiah. Can you imagine the shame and the guilt? Like I could have scrounged up something else. Have you ever taken a minute just to think about what must have been going through their heads? This is what the Christmas story looks like. But Brother Carl, as I was reading it this morning, and as I was thinking about, like, this is all that they had, this is all that they could provide, this is all that they give, I began to think about myself. On this Christmas Eve, I promise you, I'm about to be done real, real soon. So y'all, hold on. But I need you to hear me. On this Christmas Eve, on this Christmas Eve service, I want us to remember we're gathering with family. We're going to open presents. There's going to be so many beautiful things. But once Christmas is over, some of us are still going to have to experience the realities of our lives. Every one of us 
has something that we're carrying, something that we're working through, something that we're holding on to, that we're like, God, why is this something that I have to handle? God, why is this? There's some, every one of us has some of that reality moment, some of that this is the best I have to offer, circumstances and situations. On this Christmas season in 2023, I want us to never, ever overlook the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ didn't come in a five-star hotel with all of the trappings, but he came in the most humble of circumstances and situations, the most grimy and gritty of moments to remind us that there is something that is available for every one of us. You see, here's what happened in verse number eight. Sarah, can you put up verse number eight? After it was born and all the things, it says in verse number eight, and, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And it says, and suddenly there was with them uh, the angels, uh, uh, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. As I was thinking about the manger, and I was thinking about the angels, the angel could have gone to anyone, went to the shepherds, shepherds tending the sheep. And the significance of this moment, because while the angel was talking to the shepherds, the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth, from the very world, was being born onto this earth. While the angel is telling the shepherds, do not be afraid, for behold, pay attention. The Savior of the world, the one who's able to, by his stripes, we are healed, was being born in the lowliest of places. While the angels were speaking and saying, listen, look, something incredible is happening. The one who has come to die for our sins was being born at that moment. I want us to all understand that for the shepherds, this was a normal day. But God was going to do something incredible with them in this moment. So I want you to hear me. As Pastor Doug, we can get the 
this morning, we often get, when pastor decided to start doing this a long time ago, the question, why do we do communion at Christmas? Shouldn't we be celebrating his birth? Shouldn't we be just exalting the fact that he was born? Shouldn't we be singing beautiful carols and, 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 and wonderful times of celebration of the good things that, 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 that God has done and he's coming? Why are we spending any time at all thinking about his death? Hear me. The whole reason he came the whole reason he came was not for us to have just a beautiful ceremony and wonderful decorations and, and, and beautiful songs. But the whole reason Jesus came in the ugliness of the manger was so that in our ugliness, in our brokenness, in our wickedness, in our sinfulness, we could still have life. There are some moms and dads in this room that you have life today because of the goodness of God and his birth and his death. There are some of you that said, listen, Stefan, nobody knows the things that I've gone through. Nobody knows the things that I've done. But if it had not been for God on my side, let me tell you, I don't need to know, but it's great if one day you share because your testimony may give somebody else strength to realize that their issues and their problems are not fatal. But there was a Savior born for you and a Savior born for them that would at one point die so that they can rise again. There are those of us in this room that knows what it's like to be redeemed by the goodness of God. That knows what it's like to say somebody else may know what it looks like for everything to be put together and beautiful and wonderful, but I'm broken. I was broken. I was that sinner that the Bible says that some such were some of you, that was me. Some of you know what it's like to say, listen, I know what it's like to be broken and lost, but thanks be to God that I'm where I am because he's loved me and he was there for me. Let me tell you, that's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about tapping someone on the shoulder and saying, fear not. I understand you haven't got it together, but fear not. I understand for generations there's been brokenness in your lineage, but fear not. I understand that you don't have it together, but fear not. 
I understand that the pieces haven't all fit together yet and you're still trying to figure things out, but fear not. Fear not. Understand your children are not all where they need to be, but fear not. I understand your marriage isn't what you expected it to be, but fear not. I understand that there's things going on in your health, and and I understand that you're still trying to fight it and, and trying to make it, but fear not. For behold, for unto you is born this day a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. If we fast forward into Luke chapter 22, we find that Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples. In verse 14, it says, When the time had come, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table, and Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until it is, its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. We're not going to do this again, he says. We're not going to sit down like this again until we all get to that place in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine and it says he gave thanks to God for it. He says, take this and share it among yourselves. For I'm not going to drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. In verse number 19, it says he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it in pieces. And he gave it to the disciples and saying to them, this is my body which I've given to you. And do this in remembrance of me. In verse number 20, it says, and this is the, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. This is the purpose of Christmas. To create a new agreement. That Sister Brenda, we can't get it right. I can't get it figured out. But Jesus paid the price for my sins. So here's what we're going to do. On this Christmas Eve, we're going to break tradition, but we're going to follow our personal tradition because we've been doing this for years. I want us all to stand from all over. Go ahead and stand. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you to come. Come and grab the communion. And I'm going to invite you to just spread out around here. I know we've got this big table in the middle. And I'm going to invite you to spread around here. And what we're going to do is we're going to 
traditionally when I do communion, I just am like, y'all do it on your own. This is between you and Jesus. But we're going to take it together. Because we're all sinners saved by the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Can someone say amen? And Christmas is about family. And I'm so grateful to be a part of this family. That in my brokenness, my personal brokenness, you love me, you are there for me, you pray for me, you support me into what God has called me to. So what we're going to do is come from wherever you are and then I'm going to lead you into taking communion. So I'm going to invite you to come from wherever you are, grab it, and if you feel comfortable, stay. If you don't feel comfortable, you're welcome to go back to your seat. That's perfectly fine. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me And as you're grabbing it, please come all the way forward, all the way forward. to the side so others can come on in.
Corinthians chapter 11, we find that Paul talks to the church in Corinth, and he gives them some instructions because they've been doing it wrong. They've been arguing, they've been fighting, they've been greedy, they've been selfish, and so he tells them, let me tell you, let me, let me give you some, some guidance on what to do. He says, because this is what I received from, from the Lord. In verse number 27, he says that anybody that takes the blood or the body unworthily, it says, sins against God. And it's not saying any person that is, that is sinful or any person that has that is, is done things wrong, you shouldn't do it, no. But any person that has not taken the time to give some things over to God. This is your opportunity. So before we jump into taking communion, we're going to do some personal reflection. I know it's family time, and I'm so grateful for those of you that have, have you know, come together and, and come on up. And so we're going to do some family time. But before we do that, Brother Carl, I want to take some individual time. Take a minute and ask for some forgiveness and offer some things over to God. During this holiday season, this is not time for us to hold on to, to bitterness and anger and, and, and malice and things that, that, that accumulate over the years and through our experience just having to navigate life. But this is a time to hand some things over and say, God, I've tried to do it, but I can't do it on my own. And so, Lord, I need you to take this cup from me. So this morning, if you take just a second and individually... I'm going to ask you to repent of some things. You don't have to share it with me. 
I'm not asking you to write it on a list and submit it, but hand it on over to the Lord and ask the Lord to create in you a clean heart and renew your spirit. And then we'll jump into the next point. So Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you. I thank you for your goodness, God. I thank you for your mercy. Lord God, I'm asking that you go before me today. God, I'm asking that you see those So Paul says this. Paul says that on the night that he was betrayed, the Lord took some bread. The Lord took some bread and it says he broke it. Which symbolizes the brokenness that he endured for our wholeness the brokenness that he was inflicted upon him so that I could live a full and whole life. It says he broke it, gave thanks to God for it. He said, this is my body given to you. Take it in remembrance of me. This morning, I'm going to ask that we take the bread this morning as a reminder that he has not called us to perfection but Jesus came on this Christmas day knowing that he was going to be broken that I could live let us never forget in this moment what God has done for you and for your family and for your children and for your neighbors and for your co-workers, and for your marriages, let us never forget that he was broken so that we could be whole. Does anybody want wholeness today? Is there anybody claiming wholeness today? Are there any families that saying, we will be whole in Jesus' name? Go ahead and take the bread this morning. Now, come on, somebody. Is there anybody that's thankful for the wholeness this morning? Can we just celebrate and give thanks for just a second for the wholeness today that comes from his brokenness? Oh, Jesus' name. Then Jesus said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people. He says it's an agreement confirmed with my blood. This agreement that no longer 
are you condemned to death? But new life is available unto you. The blood that was shed cleanses and washes. So now we get to live with our heads held high. We don't have to worry about the grime and the grit that is endured in our lives, continuing to weigh us down because the blood has washed away our sins and we can lift our heads unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help doesn't have to come from my own strength, my own ability, my own intellect, my own money, my own family, my own background. It doesn't have to come from any of those things, but my help is coming from the Lord. So this morning, we're going to remember like Jesus says. He said, as oft as you do, do this in remembrance of me. So this morning, as we take and we drink, can we do it to remember that as he came, he came knowing that he was going to give of his life, shed his blood so that we could have life. Let us go ahead and take. Can I have someone this morning just say thank you, Jesus? Come on, can somebody just this morning put your hands together and just thank, thank you, Jesus? Come on, just for a second. I know it's Christmas. I know we've got things to do and I, I, I understand. But can somebody put their hands together for just a minute and lift up your voice and just say thank you, Lord, that while I was broken, while I didn't have it together, I know that you still died for me, God. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus.